Welcome back to the Sports Booth Podcast. Me and Husey, today, it's a sad day. It's a it's a sad day. It's been a sad weekend. It's been a tough weekend, not just for one of us, but for both of us. So that's why we are in said funeral attire. Yeah. Not just my Hurricanes, but Husey's Waratahs knocked out of the Rugby Pacific. Yeah. Year one. Yeah. Well, look, they got back to the finals and they, they put up a good show. And honestly, a lot of... What happened? They they lost because of themselves. Yeah, they're without Izzy Parisi, and then there was a lot of drop balls. So, I mean, you never want to see that, but at the same time, it's not like there was. I mean, they were outclassed, but it wasn't just outclassed. Like, there's there's room to grow there. So, positive signs for the Warriors. A great start to rebuilding um, themselves. Hundred percent. I mean, from where you guys were last year to this year, it's uh, it's been a massive jump. But I guess. Yep. With that now, next year comes expectations. Yes. However, for my Hurricanes, it was expectations were there already. And yep. halfway through Saturday, those expectations looked like they were going to be reaching heights uh, before they decided to throw it, throw it away. But let's let's go straight into it. Let's discuss Super Rugby Pacific quarterfinals were this weekend. Four, I would say, very good games, although maybe not as competitive as you'd like them to all be. Uh, they were still very good games. And four home teams winning. So we've got the four best teams moving to the semifinals. So yep. Friday night, Crusaders uh, go back-to-back against the Reds and, and kind of show what they've got to, to, to heading into semifinals. Chiefs then put a big statement. I think it was a big statement one for the Chiefs yep. just as much as it was for a loss of you guys. It was a statement one because we both picked the Waratahs, I think. Oh, no, I picked the Chiefs, but I know you yeah. picked the Waratahs. And I was well, high. I've been high on the Waratahs most of the season, and I... I wasn't picking the Chiefs thinking they'd win by that much. Then Blues run rampant finally against the uh, Highlanders and the Brumbies come from behind to get a good victory against the uh, Hurricanes. But I think, yeah, there's, there's obviously some standouts. The The Highlanders' first half and first efforts were, were there, but Roger Tuivasa-Shek made a massive push forward, I think, towards yeah. the All Blacks jersey and especially the All Blacks number 12. But he's got some competition there because... As much as his performance was so great, it was the the factor of Geordie Barrett being off the field for mere, I think, 15 minutes for getting his HIA done, um, where the Hurricanes decided to fall apart completely. So, I mean, that's going to be just, uh, I don't know, bonkers competition for that 12 jersey because you yep. also had Quinta Pia and the Chiefs against the Waratahs game stand up and make a good performance. And like you said, they were missing Parisi, so it does, it was a little bit of less expected for him to defend, but it's still another great performance by him. And and let's not take away from David Havili. So all yep. four um, of those those teams that, you know, including the Hurricanes who got knocked out, those 12s made statements. So I was like, well, and again, I, I don't want to take anything away. Let's even look at Ira Simone from the Brumbies, who I think stood up massively, broke a Geordie Barrett tackle to get over the line the first time. That the level of inside centre we've got in the in the final four of this competition is is probably the highest you'll see, I think, in a very long time. Yeah, there were. Uh, I didn't get to watch a whole lot of the the Brumbies game. I sort of tuned to it uh, occasionally, but yeah, definitely a drop off for the Hurricanes once uh, Geordie Barrett went off the field. And uh, look, the Brumbies were in it before then as well. I think it was a very narrow halftime lead the Hurricanes took in, but that's just what the difference between the teams was in the end. It uh, and that's sort of what. I think, I still think even if Geordie had been on the field, the Brumbies would have found a way to win. But I think the scoreline being as disparate as it was in the end, a 10-point margin is probably down to uh, Barrett not being on the field. So, 
I, I think the Brumbies would have found a way to, to win anyway. They were pushing, uh, but it just made it sort of, they, it didn't look like it was going to be anything other than a Brumbies win once Barrett went off the field. 100%, yeah. They were, they were on a roll and it would have been interesting to see if Barrett could have stopped the momentum that was, yep. was, was coming, but... In the end, yeah, a good Brumbies win, and an Australian team still in alive in, the in competition. this competition, which is which is, I guess is good as much as it hurts is good for the game. Like again, yep. you want any team to be able to win it from any nation, from any representing any, any group, other than probably I guess the Melbourne Rebels, who are probably never going to win this competition. But let's be honest. Uh, so I guess it's good <laughs> they've got the, the 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 task of going to Eden Park now. So like yep. like I said, this is a semi-finals. I think. Other than, you know, halfway through the comp, you probably could have picked Chiefs, Crusaders, Blues. You probably could have said, yeah, those three teams are looking good. We discussed it. We said, is an Aussie team even going to host a quarterfinal? Now, the Brumbies have hosted and won a quarterfinal. And after halfway through the comp, the Brumbies showed the the class that they had and and hit another gear after that loss to the Reds. So we've got the four best teams in the comp, in my mind, uh, for 80-minute performances. If you took... 10-minute performances, you'd probably put the Hurricanes in there, but we don't. So 80-minute performances, I think we've got the four best teams. And I think, it's funny enough, it's like as much as I, I, I ripped out the finals and, and the process of the finals, the, we've got the result we kind of wanted, didn't we? Like yep. Four best teams playing each other, and probably the correct order as well. You know, the Brumbies deserve to have to play at Eden Park, whereas the Chiefs going to, to Crusaders seems like a... A, a little bit of a win for them because they're having to play the second place team, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Look, I, I think the the Brumbies were unfortunate not to finish uh, third, but yeah, that last week loss to Moana Pacifica uh, did them no favours. And uh, yeah, I, like we said, I think we said uh, yesterday on our uh, Super Rugby fantasy picking, fantasy draft uh, video, which you should check out on YouTube if you haven't already, <laughs> that the Chiefs have flown under the radar a lot of this year as... It's all been sort of about the Blues and the Crusaders and then the Brumbies a bit. The Brumbies has sort of took on that third best team aspect after they um, took down a number of uh, New Zealand teams, uh, including, I believe, the Chiefs. So, yes. so uh, statement one. They, yeah, they, in, they, in Hamilton as well. So yeah. those are, that's a big win for them. So I think... The uh, I, I think the Brumbies kind of had that third place team about them, whereas the Chiefs, well, it wasn't even set that they were going to finish in the top four until close to the end of the competition because the Waratahs were uh, potentially pushing for a spot, the Hurricanes were pushing for a spot as well. So, uh, yeah, the Chiefs were, were in the mix there, but they've all I think they've been seen as a, a mid tier team. Um, obviously, you know they win this week, they get into the finals, and they'll probably start getting a bit more of the respect they deserve. But I would not be surprised to see a Chiefs win. Uh, this weekend. I think the Crusaders might be a bit too strong for them, but at the same time, the Chiefs have shown uh, throughout the season, I think they beat the Crusaders this season as well, that they can take it to these top teams. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's I said it in, in my wrap-up of the week. I said, if there's any game that you're going to get surprised from someone, you, you put all your money on the Crusaders, but if someone's going to upset, it's going to be the Chiefs. So, yep. I mean, they've done it before. They went to Christchurch, beat the Crusaders. Can they do it again? It's a... It's a massive ask. Uh, a big loss for the Crusaders is even Blackadder done for the, the Super Rugby season. But saying that, Blues are without Dalton Popoli for, for, I believe, at least this week. He's going to be out again, potentially back for a final. Uh, I would be surprised if the All Blacks selectors allowed him to be back for the final. But depending on their decision-making as well, how yep. that goes. So I do, I think the, the Chiefs, the way they performed last week, the way Brody Retallick played, his... 
his, I guess, involvement in that game was another step up and another improvement, and he's come back from injury. It's going to be it's going to be a massive couple of games, and and, yep. and and not to take away from the Chiefs, I do feel like a Blues versus Crusaders final is going to be the best thing for this comp. Now I say that in, in the nicest possible way, not to to down the other two teams, but when we looked at that game earlier in the season, the sellout in Christchurch with the Crusaders and Blues, I think that was the height of rugby. It was the yeah. game was just one of the best games I've watched in a long time. I would be happy to, you know, pay for the pay per view that I think could be the Blues and Crusaders playing in a final in Eden mm. Park, which I mentioned potentially, you know, they they do enough of a marketing strategy around it. It's, it gets enough hype. We could see a sellout at Eden Park for the first time for a Super Rugby game in a long time. So mm. I know, I know, I don't. Again, right now, I couldn't care who wins this. I, I don't even know who I really want to support. Um, it, it's, I'm so torn. Uh, but I think that would be the best thing for rugby. But again, yeah, don't surprise, don't be surprised when we're sitting here talking next week about a Blues uh, Chiefs final or even a Brumbies Chiefs final. Yeah, because it's not past. Like we saw what the Brumbies can do against this Blue teams. A full, fully strength Blues team was push them all the way to the end against the odds. I know it was at home, but it doesn't mean that they can't come across and, and get a job done. Yeah, and look, hopefully the referees a little bit less biased this time. And if you know, <laughs> we could be seeing uh, could be seeing an upset in the works. But it's an exciting semi final week for Super Rugby upcoming. That's for sure. Hundred percent. And I mean, that, that, that's all we've ever asked is as we get to this pinnacle, we get the right teams at the right places, and it's it's worked out that way. Uh, stay tuned at the end of the season as well. We will be doing an awards show, so make sure you follow us on Instagram to vote for some of those awards and some of those nominees that we'll put up for yep. for top awards because, uh, yeah, there's been some fantastic players that we have to highlight. Uh, there's already one award that we already know is going to the nicest guy in rugby, but we're not going to yep. mention that now. Um, but, <laughs> yes, there'll be some some other ones that you will have a say on uh, and, and definitely stay tuned to that. And, again, we will, again, wrap up the semifinals, which will be massive, and probably do a whole preview uh, heading in to the, the, the final, which will be uh, an epic conclusion to a very good season. And again, I asked a yes. question last year, are we happy with the first year of Super Rugby Pacific? I think after those quarterfinals, they've been more happy now. Now that we've got these semifinals, whatever happens in these semifinals, as long as it's good rugby, I'm going to be a, a, even even more happy kind of going into the final. Absolutely. So, uh, other than the Hurricanes and Waratahs missing out. But I reckon, trajectory-wise... 2023, maybe me and you in the final. We'll never know, you know? Who, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Uh, yeah. Early odds. That would be great. Um, you know, Waratahs Hurricanes <laughs> final hosted here at a core stadium, of course. be great. <laughs> would push for a sellout, surely. Uh, well, I went I went to the final in 2014, Waratahs Crusaders, and that was close to a sellout. That was a huge crowd. Like, that yeah. was one of the greatest sporting atmospheres I've ever been a part of. So It is funny yeah. in a... As you Aussies are, I, I I love to rip in, into you anyway. But you guys don't really care unless you actually have a chance at winning. And don't, don't get me wrong, like it wasn't like you didn't have a chance to get in against the Chiefs. But like, you know, I played for a rugby club, and there wasn't much talk after we came up the field of the Waratahs had won. And yeah. I was like, you guys honestly don't care unless it's going to be a big final and you have a chance of winning. So I was like, hey, it's Australian rugby as well has dug themselves a little bit of a hole there. They're trying to fight yeah. fight their way out of it. Um, but yeah, it is. It was interesting. And again, I think it does. If, if you're winning, you can see you saw the Reds manage to just about fill out Suncorp at Rugby AU's final last year. I think you could easily do it here in New South Wales if you get on a run, um, yeah. especially next year. So with some good signings as well, which we'll, we may do a uh, bit of a touch on kind of what we think uh, in the coming weeks. Off-season signings need to be done to help teams go in what direction mm. and stuff like that. 
I can, I can tell you one off-season uh, signing that needs to happen. Or it's it's more of an unsigning, really. And let's get rid of Paddy Ryan, like far out. <laughs> I love the guy in his prime. It was um, amazing. Uh, it's, like watching him play in his prime was great. Now though, please just uh, some other side. <laughs> hey, he's he's dropped so many passes, caused so many penalties. He's actively played a role in Waratah's losses. So, as much as I love the guy, your time's done in New South Wales. Go elsewhere, please. That's <laughs> the best thing he. Can, that's the home. best thing. Yeah, that's the best thing he could do for the Waratahs is sign somewhere else. I did. I read an article about saying they needed some more front row depth. As much as. Uh, a legend as Paddy Ryan is from the New South Wales area. It isn't. Uh, it is probably time for uh, a new someone else to, to, to put their hand yep. up. But again, it was much needed depth at a time where you had not a lot. You know, yep. you had Archer Holtz having to start and stuff like that. You didn't think you were going to lose Harry Johnson Holmes when you did, and it, and it all happened. So, I mean, again, uh, as much as like you said, uh, he is a a legend around this these areas yep. and, and growing up playing and seeing him. Uh, yeah, it's it's. It's depth that you need, but a, a Nandolo yes. on his way and stuff like that is is is, is a big signing. I think uh, even just getting him, you know, twenty minute appearance off the bench, uh, one hundred and forty kilo winger running at at, <laughs> at speeds scary at any points. And so, I mean, that's what I think the the article was was headlined around Darren Coleman saying we just need to be bigger, faster, stronger because yep. the Chiefs just out muscled us in that in that game. So I mean, Kanye. In, <laughs> you are, you are. I mean, you're in, in in the right direction, but again, steps to be taken. So we will touch yes. on that later. I do have a question I'm chucking at you, and I'm going to discuss it. It. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's a it's a New Zealand rugby based question, so you may not have. Okay. But New Zealand rugby just recently signed, and the deal has now gone through for the two hundred million dollar deal for a part ownership from Silver Lake, a oh, okay. American based company. So that has, has now been signed off. It has yes. gone through. So what, what happened was it got brought out into the public eyes that this was happening. The Players Association wasn't too happy with the idea of selling it out, yeah. selling it off, selling part of New Zealand rugby off, made a big statement. Uh, they eventually came to an agreement, I think, with the New Zealand players, kind of said, okay, let's come bring it all to light. This is what, what's actually happening. In the vote with all our provincial nations and everyone, it was a 79 to 1 successful vote. So wow. uh, well, well picked up. Um, I assume it's, it's. I always thought I was like, that's a terrible deal. I hate the idea of selling the All Blacks. It's a, you don't sell the All Blacks. It's a, it's like you know, selling your your power and electricity. You just don't do that, you know, like to foreign investors, yeah. which New Zealand has done. I don't know if they do it over here, but I know New Zealand's yes. done. <laughs> so I'm just like, you don't do that. But now I'm coming around to the the fact. I think a two hundred million dollar investment. There's a chance for New Zealand investors to get in on it as well with 60000000 million-ish, they said, later on the year. Uh, I don't think it's a big chunk that they're selling off. And what they can do to grow the game, I think, is a great investment. So mm. my question to you is, now that I've kind of given you the backstory, $200 million has been given to you, Mr. Husey, to fix, fix Australian rugby. Oh. Some first thoughts. What are you doing? You've got the World Cup coming soon. Are you signing an NRL star for some big money? Are you just chucking it into the youth? Are you what are you what what where are you where are you heading first? I think it would be a mistake to focus the two hundred million on this upcoming World Cup. I think the where that two hundred million should be focused towards is the next World Cup, is the one that Australia is hosting. So you need to yep. take a bit of a longer term view of it because you want that 
that's where you get your return on your investment. That's what you get people coming and watch. That's where you need people in the in the stadiums. So um, I think yeah, primarily a youth movement and a media and marketing boost because yep. of all the major sports in Australia, rugby's got the worst promotion by yep. by a donkey's mile. I don't even know if that's the <laughs> phrase, but by by a metric fuck ton. I know that's a measurement. That's how bad. That's how bad rugby advertising is in australia like the like right we host a sports podcast we have sports pages on facebook and instagram and twitter and everything like that which you should all follow if you haven't already and (laughs) the feed that i get curated my sports to me is is like 20 to 1 every other sport compared to rugby i think the social media managers really need to do a better job of Fix it. I think so. I think the website needs to be fixed a bit better and run a little bit more like NRL.com or NFL.com because it's not as accessible as those. I think the social media needs to be improved. I think it's very basic at the moment. I think it could be improved a lot and a lot more could be done in terms of articles through uh, social media. I, I, I would love to have the amount of drama and gossip associated with Super Rugby that there is with NRL because, God damn, that makes for some good social media <laughs> posts, for good radio, for some good television. And that's what that's what good marketing will, will generate, you know? Like, there's all these player signings that happen and you hear jack shit about it in the in the media or on social media like you have to be following these teams pages you need something set up and you need something advertised heavily for um for for rugby you need like like there's a, a fox league for nrl you need something like that for for rugby where they're constantly talking about player signings analyzing player signings and those things might be out there they're just not being advertised enough if they are out there i'm not seeing yeah. them and i follow a lot of rugby pages so and it if they are out there, there's not enough and they're not reposting enough, they're not retweeting it enough. There needs to be more. Um, of, of, and that's just at the super rugby level. I think um, to for long term, I think there needs to be a better investment in uh, Shoot Shield and lower levels as well and get, um, get that standard brought up as well so i don't have all all the answers for sure i don't know exactly what would need to be done but yeah i would focus on media and marketing and getting people watching the game because people watching the game is going to get people playing the game and people playing the game is going to produce better players so that's where it starts i think is getting a bigger profile for rugby um and that combined with a greater investment in youth rugby and shoot shield will lead to better players coming through for australia and look it, it might be as well I think swinging for the fences for one NRL star would could be could be great. Like Name trying it. to, Name I was going to like uh, bring Joseph Sawali back for the World Cup. Name so, it. but yeah, yeah. so you think about it. So five years time, he'll be 23, 24. So like in his prime, he'll be yep. a winger. So he'll be in a playmaking position. So and that's always getting the highlights. So they'll always be talking about him in the media. And he's played rugby yep. before at the schoolboy level. So. And there's already even rumours of that. Yeah, yeah. There's even rumours of him already thinking about wanting to do that in 2027. Anyway, so you have this. You then have this years-long media trail as well, following Sawali, someone who will play State of Origin, who's in the State of Origin team now, who's playing State of Origin, and then could represent the Wallabies potentially. I think that's a huge, uh, huge thing. Of course, he's got to play for the Waratahs like Israel Folau did as well because he's a Sydney Rooster. So he's already here in New South Wales. He's going to be playing for the New South Wales Blues. So naturally, he's going to come to the Waratahs. It just makes too much sense to not happen. So I think Sawali would be 
um, a great example there. Um, or just trying to think, who else? I think he's probably the most logical choice. I can't. There, yeah. There's a couple others Playing that rugby uh, before coming through that system. I mean, Caelan yeah. Ponga is another one that if, yeah. If, if you fullback again, he brings a lot of media attention with him. Um, you know, not always good, but ninety percent it's good. Like you know, yeah. surrounding what he's doing and stuff. So. I think that's another name you can chuck out there, but I think I think that's probably the perfect yeah. name, like you said. Five years time, you get him um, in his yeah, prime. That, that, in, in his, his prime. prime. So you've like got early you've got... prime as well. Yeah. Like you're thinking, like if if you do enough job, good enough job at that World Cup, you may even be able to say to him, "Here's a, another four years. Here's million dollar contracts. You know, like stay here with us. We can keep this game growing. You're a, you will be the face of the Wallabies for the next five, six, your whole career if you want it to be like." This league thing, you know, there's Nathan Cleary still going to be there. You know, there's going to be plenty of faces coming through for you. You want to be the face of the Wallabies, here it is. Yeah, the other names that might get thrown out there uh, that I've heard have been Angus Crichton and Cam Murray. Angus Crichton, I think, will be too old by that next World Cup. Cam Murray, though, would be in the mix. He'd be late 20s. I think he'd be 28, 29, something like that. So he'd still be, like... Wouldn't be too old, you know. It's yep. you never. No one. It's twenty eight. Is too old, but he would be sort of in that right. Oh, I'm getting too old. <laughs> yeah, he'd be he'd be in the right age bracket, but it'd just be. Well, has he played too much league now? How is he going to go getting back to to union, especially as a forward? So yep. I mean, it's potential for him to play center, but yeah, I think that would be another name out there. But I think Sawali would be the bigger name draw. So I think if you've got to yep. swing for someone, swing for Sawali. Nice, yeah, I love all, especially the media and marketing thing. I think that's a, it's a big, it's a big thing. I think of rugby as, as a whole, and I've always kind of said it. That, that I love, love watching the All Blacks. Love the All Blacks, of course, New Zealander. But they have a policy of no dickheads. Yeah. And to be a dickhead, to, you have to lose some of your personality. Like you can't be, you know, uh, a, a cheese having a yarn with, you know, like Cam Smith and and, and the banter because that's seen as a dickhead, and in their culture or in the All Blacks culture, it's if you're a dickhead, you're on the way out, like you're not the way in. So it does ruin some of that, you know, that, like you said, that media attention, those stories that, you know, that Toby Rudolph talking about how he'll shag anything and getting told off for it is as ridiculous yeah. as all that is. It, it makes a story. And a good example of this is the New Zealand women rugby team. I don't think they've actually had so much media attention than they had when there was all this report of bullying and the coach was leaving and now the coach has left and they just recently beat Australia today. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, but I, yep, I haven't seen that result team. yet. So That's right. Well, you can watch it later. We won 23-10. Um, but yeah, uh, so our women's team, you know, who don't get a much, much of a mention, all of a sudden we're all, you know, back page news just about. Now they've got uh, Smith coaching them, a, a former former All Blacks coach, uh, Wayne Smith, sorry, that is, uh, and they're ranked coaching them. And it's just like, I, I knew this was on today. And I was like, years gone by, I would have never known that this was on, you know, type mm. thing like that. So sometimes that bad news, as bad as it was, like, you know, the bullying, the coach yeah. leaving, all of that, that stuff that came out, it, it, it prompted the, the New Zealand public to hear about them. And from there, you're like, oh, okay, they're playing a game today. Oh, there's, I, I follow, you know, two or three, of their, their players now on, on social media. Oh, I see that they're playing there. They share it. So it is one of those things that I think media and stuff, it's just not well done in rugby, especially in Australia yeah. or in, in New Zealand as much as I would like it. And it's one of the things I, the reason I, as much as I started the sports booth was just to talk about sport. The end goal, I'd love to start a rugby team of my own 
and be able to, you know, like have sit down play interviews with people and an, an agency part of it, if you know what I mean. So an end goal where we could have our own rugby team and, you know, maybe one day they're in the Super Rugby. Probably not, let's be honest. But, you know, it's our own Super Rugby team. I'm, I'm happy to put you in at CEO, Husey, after yep. what you've just told me. So you can be CEO. I'll be coach. We'll, we'll get this team to, yep. to top dogs. We'll play out of light hearts. <laughs> Go have a fan base. So, that, I mean, that would yep. be an awesome, like, you know, just being able to sit there and, and and see behind the the scenes the players that everything they go through and and let them just be able to drop their guard a little bit and be themselves because a yep. lot of them there are characters in rugby teams don't get me yeah. wrong like there are uh, out of you know you got thirty odd guys in a rugby team especially a super rugby team thirty to forty guys there are more than a handful of really good characters and some that are so uncharacter like it, it's, it makes it funny like you know like a a typical Andrew Hoare who all he wanted to do was go and farm. You know, so when you ask him some questions about city living and stuff, probably doesn't have the funniest answer. But what his his normal answer is a funny answer to everyone else, if you know what I yeah. mean. So it's stuff like that. It, it definitely it needs to be done. I think for for rugby to go forward. But I've, I I love that answer. If you had your money, you know, yeah, maybe you take a swing here. You you spread it. I guess diversify to bring all the game some better attention. So yeah, no. Good answer, Husey. That was that was my big question from that. Let's move on to the NRL. We had a buy around, obviously. Origin this Wednesday, massive mm. game. Um, but the four games that were on were the Gold Coast Titans versus the Cowboys, a depleted Cowboys side. And uh, sorry, I did I mentioned the the Voldemort, and yeah. uh, <laughs> we yeah. shall not speak of them because they got the team who shall not be named. The team who shall yeah. not be got named got pumped by about 30 points by a depleted Cowboy side. So no surprises there. Uh, then we had, what was the second Bulldogs. game? Bulldogs versus Bulldogs. Panthers. And a depleted Panthers, Panthers. De- depleted Panthers took out, just ruthlessly took out um, the Bulldogs. Then we had the Warriors, not depleted at all, versus a depleted Manly, missing their two best players, in Tom Trevojevic and uh, Daly Cherry Evans. And the Warriors got pumped by Manly, so yeah, I, I just wow. You the bottom of the ladder is really starting to round out here. And then <laughs> our final game, we had a depleted Roosters team up against a semi-depleted Raiders team. You know, missing a couple of big guns. Uh, both yep. teams sort of missing uh, probably their best players, as you would expect at Origin period. And the Raiders actually came out on top in this one. And uh, you know. Definitely Tedesco missing hurt the the Roosters uh, and their other Origin players as well. But the Raiders they showed a bit of fighting spirit in this one, even without Papali'i and Whiten. And yeah, they did did a good enough job to to get the win. It was a pretty close fought match actually that one. It was, and I must say, if you're the New Zealand Warriors right now, and we're gonna, as someone said in one of the comments section, can we just call them the Auckland Warriors again because they no no one else in New Zealand really wants to talk too much about them after their performances in the most yeah. recent weeks. If Joey Manu's signature, which is coming up November 1st, he's allowed to start signing, if his name isn't the first name on their lips and they aren't saying, we will offer you $1.4 damn million to come and play fullback for us after that game, the way he played <laughs> fullback. I, again, I know we've got Reese Walsh. Reese Walsh will probably leave. He's going to leave before he starts peaking for us after yeah. what, what performances he's seen in front of him. He's not going to waste his time when... A good like he goes to let's say the Dolphins and a good pack in front of him and he has a good couple of years and he can be pushing for Origin. He's not going to stay behind this wasteful pack at the moment. So yeah. I go, 
open up the signature book, bring Joe Manu, say, look, you play centre until Walshie leaves. We need someone. You pay him as much as you can because, gosh, I just I don't know the direction the Warriors are heading, and I really don't like. There was just there was nothing there. They were they were the bad and the ugly all wrapped up into one yep. in that ga- in that week. As bad as the Titans were, I just go, man, the Warriors, wow. Yeah, they were the they were the good as well because at least it only lasted eighty minutes. So it was good when the eighty minutes ended. So <laughs> yes, yeah, it was by round footy at its best. Uh, you can't really ever. Predicted, and I think I went one from three uh, because I think we both picked the Warriors as well, which is we both picked the Warriors, quite... and then we both picked the team that shall not be named. But you, for what you for some strange well, no. reason, I will never comprehend, picked the the Bulldogs. Well, I can I can comp- I, I'm going to bring that comprehension to you, and I'm going to say okay. the Tigers of last year when they bet the Panthers uh, during Origin time, the Panthers. Haven't won for like three years during Origin time or something like that. There's some crazy stat. This is their first win in the Origin by around weeks in like three, three years. So I was backing off that. I was backing off Car, you know, being a bit filthy, and I was backing off Burton. So the three things I backed up, backed on, Burton and Car were like pretty fucking good. Let's be honest, the two best players on the pitch for the doggies. It's the rest of the fucking. I think lot Burton the had it some pretty woeful kicks during the game, didn't he? He may have, but he. Yeah. I mean, they, they for sure they, 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 they he, he, yeah, he, they, they were the only, they were the only signs of life on the Bulldogs that give you that. Yes. But the Bulldogs also benched Matt Dufty for Corey Allen. Now I'm not sure how much you know about Corey Allen, but uh, within my family, he's ironically known as the goat because he is far from it. And my uncle will say he's good for at least one handling error per game. Um, he has no business being a starting. Uh, NRL player. He somehow got into Origin last year with just the uh, absolute uh, lack of depth that Queensland <laughs> had. And that really like showed... Good in Origin, to be fair to him. Yeah. but <laughs> Probably his one best performance. <laughs> yeah, but he's not a fullback. He's not a fullback at all. And the Panthers, like, they still had some really good players out there. I, I actually quite liked what I saw from Sean O'Sullivan when he was filling in for Cleary at the start of the season. Oh, yeah. uh, they had that new guy... Kurt Falls, I think, something like that. Yes, um, yep. It was Falls or something like that. He played pretty well. But they also still had Dylan Edwards. They still had Kikau. Um, Appy Coruscant was still there because he's not in the starting... Uh, he's, he's not on the extended bench for uh, yeah. Origin and things like that. So You take you out know, five I, guys from a team, I just thought the cohesion was going to go, and it didn't go. For for most teams, I would agree with you. There are, there are, there are three teams, I would say, that the cohesion isn't lost as much on. Um, two mainly. Panthers, Storm, and the Roosters. Even the Roosters, they suffered a little bit. I think the, War- the Raiders actually played quite well and stepped up to the, the plate. But the uh, but the Panthers, because of their youth system, because they get the players in young and they develop them so young, they're always training together, always around each other. I think they're all right. And the Storm, yeah. similar thing, not necessarily youth system, just the way that they develop players and the way that Craig Bellamy coaches. So yeah. normally I would agree with you, and I see where you were going with the history and the Panthers not having won during Origin round that much, but also it's the Bulldogs. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I look back. Hindsight's great, thank you. Yeah. And after all my well, I, I said I've go, had it foresight as well. <laughs> I go, I go. Yeah, okay. The team that should not be should not be named. Why do we pick them? I don't know. Yeah. I go doggies. Yeah, okay. You're like I, 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 I saw what I saw. I believed in, in the hoodoo that was the by rounds and the burden Edo car combo. And then with the Warriors, I was like, okay, 
The Warriors are full strength, are depleted, you know, Seagulls side. The Warriors need to step up after a couple of bad weeks and and look what happened. So I'm just glad the Raiders got over the line. Like, it would have been an ugly... Ugly, that would have been ugly, our that ugly. would have been our first zero win week if you'd picked the Roosters. But but yeah. I see the logic behind all of your picks. Some the, the Bulldogs was a bit questionable, but the team that should not be named, I backed that logic as well, right? Yeah, they're missing Tino, um, but Fafita's still there. Fafita wasn't picked for Origin. AJ Brimson's still there. Fafita was out injured to be fair. Well, but okay, yeah, they fair. Still, for, again, even but, that. Yeah, but they had they had they had Brimson, they had <laughs> Sexton, they they had the majority of the players. It's only Tino they were missing, right? Really? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and and that's the thing. You look at the Cowboys missing Cotter, missing uh, Holmes. You know, like it's just like what, like that. I, I just again, yeah, I'm lost yeah. for words for the team that so, should be named. Yeah, that's why we. And then and then yeah, so so then the Warriors as well, same thing. Like they're not missing anyone, and we just did nothing. It's like. I don't understand. I, I don't understand how. Like, I, I could see like if they lost narrow victories, they could sort of come away. Oh, so they lost had narrow losses. They come away with it like, okay, well, you know, we, there's a couple things to, to fix. The the reason these are good teams, and that's what they have so many Origin players because they're a good team and they make those players better. Yeah. Yada yada yada. But to just get quite frankly embarrassed by yeah. two very understrength teams, um, and, and in fact, if we take the Bulldogs into that mix, so three. Um, close to full strength teams lost to three very depleted teams from Origin. You've got there's got to be questions. At I Those mean teams, the, yeah. the, the, the Bulldogs already have lost their, their yeah the Bulldogs <laughs> already lost their head coach. The Warriors are looking like they're going to lose another head coach. And Justin Holbrook, I thought at the start of the season his job was so secure, but now mm-hmm. I think there's some questions starting to be raised on the Gold Coast. I, uh, yeah, I, d- I don't think he'll be in danger of losing his job, but I think. You know, this year's going to play out. I don't see that team being a top eight team. Yeah. I, so I go, okay, yeah, some questions. But Bill for next year, he'll, he'll, he'll still be in there until next year, I think, um, doing what he did last year. But it is that's a team that I think that's going to blow a whole lot of pre, uh, you know, pre-season rankings and pre-season predictions out of the yeah. water. I know both of us had them in the top eight, um, just the way they're playing at the moment is woeful. So, yeah, yes. I do have a question for you. And yep. it's based around one of the teams that played, uh, so I thought it would be a good time to bring it up. The Doggies. We've discussed how bad they are this year. Kikau, Reed Marnie, go in there next year. Do they take another step in the right direction next year? Can they get off the bottom of the ladder with, you know, Marnie, Kikau, Burton, Adokar? Do we think we're actually going to see improvement? And do we think potentially even a top eight? I know they haven't got a coach, and again, I think that'll decide a couple of factors, but I'm getting in early on this question. Pre-coach, what do you see for the Bulldogs next year? Uh, yeah, see, for me, it depends. Yeah, it really depends on the coach because there have already been talks of, like, Maguire going there if he gets fired from the Tigers. And it's like, well, why the hell would you do that? Like, that's <laughs> the most ridiculous thing. What I'd, I'd love to see... Uh, Someone like Josh Hannay, who's currently the Queensland Origin assistant and was the Sharks' interim coach last year that took him to the finals, or uh, uh, Morris, the previous Sharks coach, who who was who was fired for Fitzgibbon. Yeah, Fitzgibbon's a good coach, but he was no slouch either, Morris. So I'd like to see either of those two uh, potentially in there at the reins of the Bulldogs. Uh, but I think they're a fullback away. They need to decide if Adokar is going to be the fullback or if they need to bring another fullback in. But I think they're a fullback away 
a fullback and a coach away from a uh, top eight side because they, they have a great forward pack with Kikau and uh, Tavita Pangai, Reed Marnie in there as well. Uh, Josh Jackson needs to retire. Um, they've got a couple of other quite good forwards there. They've got some good young backs. I think Kyle Flanagan is serviceable um, as and sort of Burton needs to just continue to take the reins there as he's doing. Um, got some. They've got Adokai out on one wing, which is fantastic. They might need to maybe look into another winger. I'm not sure what some of their other signings are for next year, but I think they're a fullback and maybe one or two other signings away from competing for that top eight spot. So as it currently stands, as it currently stands with their current signings, no. Yeah. But dependent on other signings, that could change. Other signings in coach, that could all change. I know Cameron, I think it's Seraldo, just looking up, uh, from the Panthers assistant. Is yeah. Highly touted as well for either Tigers or Bulldogs eventually if Maguire does get kicked out yeah, of Tigers. I remember, I, think, uh, I remember another Panthers assistant who coached the Bulldogs who hasn't done so well. So <laughs> That's what I did. I, just, I was like, uh, so, but I think if the Tigers' job became open, I imagine Seraldo would look to go to the Tigers as a, I think that's a bit more stable at the moment. A bit more currently. of an easier transition to go from Panthers to Tigers, you know, big cat to big cat kind of thing. It makes it easy for him. <laughs> it does. He's already got the already. cat letter and everything. He's, he's set to go. <laughs> that's the NRL for this week, just because it was a buy round. Obviously, next so, week, uh, Origin. Just uh, chucking some interesting stats out there. So, the... This was this was actually game 100 played this last weekend with the the four games being played, so we have our um, win <laughs> our win totals for the season coming at a very easily calculated percentage. So um, do you, you don't have the sheet up in front 50. of you, do you? No, am I 50? You're so close, 51, 51 out of 100. <laughs> I cannot tip league to save myself. So, Jesus, well, you're 50 50. So that Raiders win <laughs> put you above 50 percent. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I'm cruising in at I think a solid C with 65. percent So, oh yeah, yeah, a couple of bad weeks have really thrown <laughs> wrenches at me, oh. but yeah, well, I'll take 65. percent To be honest, 65. It's a lot better than 51. I can tell you that. Yeah, that's six. That's six to seven out of eight every week. So, I'll take that. Yeah, no, no, no. My math is wrong on this. That's, no. <laughs> that's not at all. Lucky, no. lucky you've got Excel to do yeah. this spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, that's uh, like that's like five to six out of eight every week. So I'll take that. Nice, nice. Other than that, uh, NBA is one all at the moment. Game today that uh, Boston tied up the series, so that'll yep. be an interesting one. Uh, first game was a very well won, game won by the Celtics in Golden State, so now it goes back to Boston. Uh, but uh, it's it's going to be tight. I, I, I am enjoying watching the updates of that, um, and just some great basketball being played. Although yep. today Celtics kind of bottled a little bit, but they, we saw them do that against the Heat and and bounce back. Um, other than that, oh, and we must touch base on I think it's Cambosis uh, Junior's loss. Yes, but the event. The event held was just incredible. Like uh, seeing seeing the um, Marvel Stadium and and Victoria get. Put up and and change from a sports field to a uh, boxing arena was incredible. I think the whole fight uh, was incredible. The build up, the the sell of it, just everything for Australian sports and Australian boxing. He he cho- chose a really tough opponent straight out of the bat, um, but yeah, he it was a it was a hell of a fight. I must say. Yeah, I sort of uh, when. You know, I didn't. Really, I don't follow boxing too much, but I heard like Haney accepted all the conditions and everything like that, and Cambosis was doing all this extra stuff. I'm like, this is such a classic sports tale where the guy that has everything against him comes in and wins, and then Haney came in and won. So, 
Yeah. yeah. Done, he's done He's done his job. He's in and he's out. Probably quite clearly the better boxer in the end. But, yeah, what an event for Australia um, and, and for Victoria and even for Kimbosis Jr. to be on the, the world's biggest stage. So mm. great for him. Um, but, yeah, that's us over and out. Another bloody good podcast. Yep. Uh, yes. We will be back next week with a wrap-up of a bit of Origin Tales um, and then Super Rugby semi-finals over and dusted. So we'll have our finals kind of discussion, who's going to win it, who's going to take it all. But we will see, will it be the Blue uh, Wave, the Crusader Army, the Brumbies roll in and get it done, or the Chiefs stand up? We will have to see. Mm, Thank you for nice. joining us. See you next week. Goodbye. Peace.